And I was like, for every hundred dollars that we raise, I'll throw a free show. And we raised like way more money than I thought. And so I was like, oh shit, now (laughs) now I'm gonna have to do these free shows like the next like two years. if you are yeah. awesome well thanks so much everyone for tuning in there's another episode of the scoped exposure podcast today we travel down to oklahoma uh to talk with aaron who runs Promcore. uh thanks for joining me on the podcast today man thanks for having me of course um this has been something uh it, it i think it was a very serendipitous timing because i had one spot that opened up just before we hit our hundredth episode, and Aaron uh, is in expecting a, a new human in the world just in a yeah. matter of weeks here. So congratulations, by the way. Um, yeah, it's two weeks from today. Yeah, it was. I was thinking before we were get going, I was like, I don't know if um, it's gonna be like, hey, we gotta go. Uh, obviously, <laughs> that's gonna trump anything on this podcast. But I'm glad that you are making some time for me and potentially when this comes out, you might have uh, your little one. So that's very exciting. Um, for the few folks at home who might not know who you are, can you give me a proper introduction, your name, where you're based and, uh, how you're known in uh, hardcore? Yeah. Uh, so my name's Aaron Johnson, I'm based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, um, I organize a two day festival called Promcore every year. And then I also, with the help of some other people in the scene here, run a small all ages venue called mass movement community arts awesome yeah we're definitely gonna be talking about both of those um you know there's some things with mass movements uh currently that are very timely that we should talk about but i think Promcore uh as a whole should be highlighted a lot more just as far as what you guys are doing the bands that you guys are featuring and how you guys are kind of breaking um kind of through a lot of the noise that is just you know hardcore oversaturation overall uh before we get super into the conversation we got to do our bev check for the episode so tell me what you're sipping on and then uh i got something here prepared for you so let me know what what you got uh, my wife and i just bought this really fancy coffee maker and so i'm a i drink coffee like all day every day so decaf at night just because i just like having coffee um so yeah just coffee little cream and uh honey nothing special but then uh because I know you do this. I have, we have this, we have a grocery store here called Aldi. I don't know if you guys have that there. Don't have that, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. So yeah, but it's, so it's like, it's called Aldi and it's like, uh, I want to say it's, it's European, like, but they franchise like into the States. And so they have basically like European versions of every like major like thing. So okay. like, any cereal that you get like they have one that looks just like it but it's just called something slightly different sure. but but they do like uh it's almost almost all of it is like way healthier for you so um but they have this particular brand of sparkling water called Belvi or something like that oh, but this, okay. this grapefruit is fucking delicious so. yeah that that's pretty interesting is the branding like similar like it's is it on yeah. the nose okay because yeah, i always I mean, sorry you go yeah, it's pretty close. Like if you, I mean, like, so my wife loves mac and cheese. Like it's just a thing that she really enjoys. And so they have like the, the craft one, like looks exactly like it. And I mean, it's just really interesting that they have this kind of 
you know, mirror image of branding, but it's all like European brands. So. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. That that gets into a huge conversation just about like uh, parody versus just outright copying and, you know, but maybe it's so under the radar that, you know, Katie and some of these bigger companies don't even know about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no. Um, so, so a huge goal of mine for kind of season two of the podcast is getting Bev sponsors. And I'm noticing the more that I delve into like doing shout outs of these companies, maybe there's a higher rate that they'll like listen to this portion yeah, of yeah. the episode or things like that. So I actually had this uh, fun idea. So I have three Bev's all from the same brand. I'm going to let you choose what I'm going to drink on this episode. So right. um, the brand is called AHA. It's my favorite sparkling water. So we got... Um, there's only three flavors available here in Canada, at least right now. Um, so I got a lime watermelon, a peach honey, where's the get off the French side, and then uh, a blueberry pomegranate. So let me hold these up and then you can, uh, by your judgment, I will, I will check whatever you choose. Yeah, um, I, I would have to go blueberry pomegranate for yeah? sure. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't do watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair i i have had people on this show um who are like diehard watermelon fans any anything goes but um the blue blueberry pomegranate is good i actually when i was getting these um these two were in the fridge and this one uh was just in the pantry because they didn't have space so i was like i hope he checks one that i have refrigerated <laughs> and, it's, and it's colder um uh, but yeah the blueberry pomegranate it's definitely a go-to um Aaron, uh, the kind of intro question that I asked all my guests just to get context around how they got into heavier music and, you know, being obsessed with breakdowns and whatnot is how'd you get into hardcore? Tell me some of the formative records and moments for you growing up. And, uh, yeah, we'll start there. Yeah. Um, I, uh, man, I'm old, so I'm almost 40 or I am 40 actually just turned 40, but, uh, I got into it probably around 99, uh, when I graduated high school and, uh, I grew up in a really small town called Pryor, which is like 45 minutes outside of Tulsa. So Tulsa is not a huge city, but Pryor is like a tiny little town. And uh, had kind of started leaving in high school and going to Tulsa and just like going to punk shows and stuff like that. Um, you know, like just pop punk shows and, and things of that nature. And uh, uh, I, I played... I played bass and a guy I knew named Joel said, Oh, we have a, a hardcore band. We're looking for a bass player. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> so like I show up and I was like, what do you guys sound like? And he was like, have you ever heard of Zayo? And I was like, no, I have no idea what that is. And so we went and listened to it in the car and it just fucking blew my mind. Like, and it was uh, uh blood and fire bring rest. That was the record. The first time I ever heard anything like that. And it was like the most, amazing and terrifying thing I'd ever heard in my life and still to this day I think that record kind of stands up as like a really strong like metalcore offering um sure, you know yeah. Uh, yeah and so I started playing bass in that band and then just kind of through that like you know back in back then there was no like there wasn't really a scene here like it, there was a lot of punk shows and stuff that happened uh in like these you know kind of crust basements here there's a band called Brother Inferior from Tulsa that was pretty big and like the uh punk scene in like the 90s uh and so you know we play a lot of shows where we kind of didn't really it, we didn't really have any business being on the show we definitely sure. didn't yeah. but then 
you know, over time, just, uh, you know, kind of getting more kids into it and stuff and then started like bringing bands through, you know, early 2000s was like a, it was a strong time for hardcore. I feel like everybody was touring. And so like you got, I mean, massive bands that came through and would play pretty small rooms, you know, at the time because they'd be passing through here to go to like California or to the other coasts or something like that. So that was kind of my introduction to it. But I mean, like, you know, I mean, I was like really into like, you know, punk and stuff when I was in high school. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, hearing that Zayo record for the first time just blew my mind. And, you know, so. Um, it's pretty interesting just to hear on like, um, I think the timing of a lot of things where it wasn't as like, um, there wasn't the surplus of things that was constantly having your attention. You're like, yeah, I'll go to my friend's house and jam. And then you're like, I don't know this band. We'll just go to the car. Like not nowadays it's like, Oh, like where are your demos? Let me listen to it and critically yeah. think about it. So, you know, yeah. I think the timing of all those things obviously was very important for you to be like, you know, to hear it and, and put you on that path. So that's very cool. Yeah. And then just, you know, like, and then you get exposed to more stuff. So yeah. like, I don't, know, I don't consider myself like a, I don't even know what it is, like a purist hardcore kid that like you have to be like in, ingrained with like New York hardcore and stuff like that. It's just stuff. If I like it, I like it. And if I don't, then that's fine. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know like what it means to be hardcore really. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's really cool to hear. Cause I think a lot of people in, um, you know, uh, I, I think we're just over 10 years apart in age, but I think that there is this like, you know, thing when you're getting into hardcore and you don't have that traditional like, oh, I listen to Earth Crisis and Youth of Today. It's like a lot of people even my age and, and younger are just are just discovering that, but they came through the Rise Records route or, you know, the MySpace Metalcore or what have you. So I don't think that there's one defined path. So that's very... Yeah. Uh, that's a really cool thing about this like kind of subculture is that there's so many kind of avenues that you can go sure. into it will be involved in it not be like i don't know like you don't have to you don't have to be an expert on everything to kind of be involved and i think that's how it should be yeah. you know what i mean like i don't like that gatekeeping shit like that's weird yeah so. yeah definitely um you were mentioning just like back in the day a lot of bands were on we're touring a lot more and you know that's been a theme or something that's been talked about on the podcast before i remember isaac of knock loose has been like man bands don't tour anymore and back yeah. back when he was starting that band it was just like tour all the time and you know even though that band is you know very established now they're they would be touring as much this year as ever before so just yeah, talking yeah. about oh, oh sorry, sorry. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say on the geographical sense, like if, if, if someone's tuning in, they're from like, you know, Eastern Canada or somewhere in the world where they're like, I don't know where Oklahoma is. Can you just like give some context for those folks where, how I mean, it, isolated yeah. that is compared to some other parts of the world? I mean, it's like smack dab in the middle of the country, pretty much. Like I would say maybe Kansas right above us is like actually the middle, but I mean, it's right in the center and, you know, right above Texas, like it's, it's pretty much there's no reason for anybody to come here unless they're going from one place to the other so uh but it's a cool city Tulsa's awesome like uh you know we got a lot of cool stuff here yeah so. um yeah I do please please correct me if if you don't have as much involvement with this but I know there was a fest uh and I knew this through the swing low guys and stepping stone uh in Oklahoma for before prom code called flyover fest yeah, yeah. So uh, Dustin, who runs the Vanguard, he was in Peace of Mind, uh, right. put on uh, put on Flyover Fest for for two years. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I'm not sure if the name of that was just on that nature of like just being in the middle of the country and being like, yep, like yeah. people it's will lay over here. <laughs> That's that's what it is. Oklahoma is considered a flyover state. Nobody nobody stops here for any reason. So. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like that's a great transition. Obviously, like prom core came onto my radar just just a couple of years ago, and it was through the sets that uh, Sunny was filming. And I definitely want to talk about, I guess, like the before and and after, uh, as far as having a, a bigger archivist or someone who films shows on a regular basis yeah. come through. Because I was doing the research for this podcast, and there are sets um that have been documented um i don't know essentially who by but there i think it was prom court 2018 and then uh the first time sunny yeah. came was 19 so uh just to give the proper context of of everything around the festival just tell me on how it came to be and and why you felt the need to start that yeah well so what's what's funny is that so the first prom court actually happened in the year 2000 <clears throat> oh, okay. uh yeah. So, so my, it, it was like a, it was like a staple local thing for, for like 10 years. My friend, Diana Crawford, she put it on first and it was like six bands, um, a band called Saved by Grace from Kansas City, Missouri headlined. Uh, one of those dudes is in like Hope's Fall, um, oh. kind of, um, but, and it was, you know, kind of a funny, it was just like, it, everybody dressed up like it was prom and this went on years. I mean, we had, you know, we had like, Every year we had it around prom time and it was everybody dressed up like wore suits, people rented limos to come to it. Like, but it was mostly local and regional bands. Like at the time, like uh, Bitter End played it a few times back in its infancy when they were like a smaller band, you know, based out of Texas. Um, uh, The guys from Power Trip when they were balls out, like played it a couple of times, you know what I mean? So, but it was really like local, regional only. And, um, so that went on for about from like 99 to 2010, I think was the last time we did it. Um, and then, you know, just life happens. And like, I stepped away from like being so involved for a while, just to focus on my career and things like that. Like I moved to uh, California for a couple of years. And so um, when I, you know, after being back and kind of established myself a bit, I had a little bit of kind of free time to, you know, focus on more fun things. Uh, I was, talking to Dustin who runs the Vanguard who puts on you know flyover fest and I was like I really want to do um I want to bring that back but I want to do it as a charity event you know for uh this organization called Oklahomans for Equality which is like a nonprofit organization that does a lot of really great work for the LGBTQ community here um yeah and it was kind of like you know the in 2018 when we brought it back it was it was pretty much all locals um it was uh you know, that we, we did some like cool reunion sets from bands that had kind of been around here, uh, you know, and from a, a couple bands from out of state, but it was mostly local, um, you know, and, and it just went so well, like we were kind of shocked, like there were like 500 people that came out and like, uh, you know, raised a lot of money for the charity. So it was cool. And then after that, I was like, well, you know, the response was good. So maybe I'll try to do this, you know, a little bit bigger next year. And then I got into like actually you know, booking bands from all over the country to do it, yeah. which is a completely different experience than doing it when it's all local and regional stuff. So, right. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think, um, you know, I've gone to a handful of fests and, and been able to see the, the small infancies, like you were saying, where, um, you know, the very first Calgary festival that I went to, it was like all bands in Western Canada and then like one or two like acts from maybe Seattle or somewhere yeah. beyond. But, you know, for 
Wild Rose now to like, you know, have as big a year as they would have with Knock Loose and Madball and never ending game. Like that's crazy for me to see where it's like, you know, I was just hyped to see my friends in, in, in Stepping Stone come play Re Regina versus like, I get to see this band all in this, in yeah, this yeah. <laughs> weekend. That's insane. So, um, so, you know, once the success of like the 2018 festival went, what was the decision for you to be like, I'm going to bring out someone like Sonny who has an audience to not only just give the fest a little bit of like light to the larger hardcore community, but also like the actual like regional bands that are playing that. Yeah. Um, it actually, uh, cold shoulder came through and, uh, on tour and played and I got to talking to them cause they stayed at my house. They, they stay at my house every time they come. Cause it's like, I think it's like a, it's like a chill place where there's not a lot of partying going on. We can just we can have a, <laughs> that a sounds night. like cold shoulder to a T just like, <laughs> I just want an eight hour sleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and they, they said that, Cause they brought him out to that uh, thing that they did up in Toronto. Yeah. The, Toys for Tots. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was like, Oh, was it easy? Cause you know, I mean, I don't know the guy and they were like, he was, he was so nice and just so simple to approach. So I just shot him a message on Facebook and he was like all about it. Like there was no, you know, no hesitation at all. He was, he was all about it as long as we could get him out here. And, you know, so, yeah, so we brought him out and I thought it was, I thought it was important to do uh, just because I think, where I think where our fest does like a really cool thing is, is, is like, you know, it's cool to have like those headliners. Um, but I think we, we bring in a lot of really cool bands that don't necessarily get put on some of those bigger fests. Sure. You know what I mean? We don't really have that opportunity to kind of have, you know, that, that audience, you know, it was awesome to have like FOM out from Denver or like crafter, you know what I mean? Like these are yeah. bands that I, you know, like I got into and listened to and I'm like, oh, these are sick. Like I'd love for them to have like, not that it's like my place to put them on or anything, but like, you know, for them to get their set filmed or even just the local bands, like having giveaway and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think it's it's so crucial to like have those, you know, I, I'm thinking back when I went out for Snow and Flurry Fest, that was kind of like the last festival I went to before this whole thing went down. Yeah. And, you know, like just, thinking about that entire weekend and i think about a lot of the people who were just going off and going crazy for a lot of the bands it was a lot of people from oklahoma lots of the yeah. omen dudes uh the people in give way like like people were just you know otm even um so you know that kind of connected me to those bands and then go back in time and be like oh i do remember when sunny posted this giveaway set and you know do those kind of things what is that fine line for you where as the fest has grown, you still want to have that like regional focus, you know, for, you know, not even just because I think about like a fest like LDB and just with Steven filming that a lot of people will go and watch those videos and then yeah. they do want to go and check out that festival in future years. And, you know, it's a it's a A and B difference as far as like the 2019 festival attendance and the 2020 festival attendance. It's like oh, night yeah. day. So yeah. how has that been like weird for you to be like, okay, I want to book these big, bigger bands and fly them out all the way here. But I also want these people who are going to be coming to a future iter iteration of the fest to like see bands like giveaway, see bands like sledge yeah. and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I just, I put a focus on making sure that we're highlighting, uh, you know, local and regional stuff. Um, you know, the plan with, you know, the 2020 fest was that we were going to have, you know, the headliners are obviously going to play last, but I had, I had made the decision to, I was going to put 
you know, Giveaway, Omen, Sledge, you know, those, those bands right before them. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't know, like it's a, it's a fest for Oklahoma, you know what I mean? And so I wanted to really put shine on to those spots. And unfortunately it wasn't able to happen, but um, you know, it's one of those cool situations where like, you know, if, if Giveaway would have been able to play with Division of Mind at like a regular show, you know, likely they would have been, they would have played, you know, the opening slot whenever the doors were opening, you know, and so I was like, I want to make sure to put, you know, the Tulsa people who support what we do as a fest and the venue that we have and everything like, uh, I want to, you know, support them back, you know what I mean? Sure. So, you know, I don't know, I, I think uh, it probably would have gone over really well. They were super stoked on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't it wasn't able to happen. So yeah, um, I haven't I think this might be one of the only times that I've actually had a festival promoter on the podcast. So, you know, well, that's not true. I had, um, I had Cody of Serration who also does Wild Rose Fest. Uh, but we oh. were talking that about that kind of pre, you know, when things hit the fan. So, you know, like I, I'm sure it's different for every different festival booker, but do, are you trying to, once it's like safe to do so and you're like, okay, like I can probably start to actually make plans. Do yeah. you think you're going to try to at least get the the festival lineup that you had for 2020 like as to that as possible? Obviously there's going to be bands who are like yo like we're not playing yeah. anymore, you know, things like that, but like where are your yeah, thoughts I there? I mean all um well, I'm trying to think. I definitely want to bring Division of Mind out again just cuz they've never played here. Um so getting them on would be great uh you know culture abuse is not a band anymore so that's not going to happen i haven't i don't know what candy's got going on so yeah i mean i like i i thought i had a really cool kind of diverse uh you know headliner situation um they were definitely bands that have never played in this part of the country which is super important to me sure um yeah so yes <laughs> you have a you have a guest for the podcast uh, as well my, my nine my nine-year-old wants to know if he can watch youtube so oh um, okay. yeah i mean so i uh i don't know like i think everything's changed so much and i mean i don't even know when i i don't think it's gonna happen in 2021 you know what i mean like i just don't think it's gonna happen um so so much can change between now and then uh no i just you know it's it booking a fest like this is interesting because it's a charity event so like i have to be really upfront with the bands and be like hey this is a you know it's a thing that we're doing for charity uh we get a lot of local sponsors that help pay for um flight and like guarantees and stuff like that oh, okay. um, you know what i mean so like we get sponsors that you know pitch in like 400 here 500 here and they get their name on flyer and they have a booth at the thing and uh you know this year we had a lot of other sponsors from outside of the state like uh Patient Zero Records was a sponsor and, uh, you know, just things like that where they were kind of attaching their name to it. So that way we could make it a bigger thing. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes whenever everything comes back. But um, I think the likelihood of getting the same lineup as far as the top end is probably going to be pretty, pretty low. But all the other bands that are like regional and like kind of come in Colorado, Texas, like they've all said that they want to play. So as long as they're still as long as they're still a band, then, then right. yeah, we'll have them on. So. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think most festivals, like I would be kind of surprised if someone's like, nope, we're starting completely from scratch and like, like scratching all, because a lot of those bands, you know, the, I think the anticipation is still there for, you know, certain people to go check out, 
you know, I, I remember when Absence of Mind uh, announced that they were going to play, Snow, uh, not Snow Fury, Sound and Fury. And a lot of people yeah. were like really excited to see a smaller band like that actually get a huge platform. So to, I don't think that festival organizers overall will just start from zero. I think that they'll tr probably get it to 90% and have, you know, fill in the blanks. Yeah. 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 We, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate like where it's, I, I, I didn't think it, I didn't think it would kind of blow up like it has. And it's definitely not on that level of like LDB or anything like that. Like I went last year and I was just looking around at the talent that was there, the bands. And I'm like, this is incredible what Ryan was able to, you know, pull off with, with this lineup. I mean, it was just stacked from top to bottom. Um, you know, but it is, it is something I, you know, I think that I'd like to aspire to get to that point. Um, sure. I also have to be realistic of the fact that we are in Oklahoma. And so it's harder for people to get here. Like, I don't think you're going to see as many people coming from like East coast, West coast, you know what I mean? Like majority of our attendance comes from Texas, Oklahoma, everything surrounding where we're at and then you know up north minneapolis and stuff like that we were getting people that were coming down from that so you know it's just i just want to create like something that's a quality festival that's a really fun environment mm -hmm. so. i i was watching uh i think it was the upright set uh from 2019 and someone had said someone had traveled from hawaii yeah so their guitar player ryan stark uh he's oh. from here but he but he lives in hawaii and oh. so it's, it's kind of a joke that they're like they're they're not an active band by any means but they're like an oklahoma hardcore like staple like they've been around they've been around forever and it's kind of their that's like their one show a year that they play and everybody just you know goes off for them yeah yeah supply and demand for that band is uh is real um well you were you know we we've talked about just like you know that's always the thing where it's like um if if places don't have this like um oh, it's on this coast or this coast. It, it's like, oh, well, why would I want to travel there? And like, yeah. you know, even Calgary, like Wild Rose, like I'm sure that there's a barrier for some people. I'm like, man, like Calgary is 45 minutes away from the mountains. It's got like insane vegan food. It's like a great place to visit, honestly. But again, it's like, I don't have a passport. There's like, you know, barriers there. So if you had to give like an elevator pitch on like a perfect weekend in Oklahoma around Promcore, what would be all the spots that you would hit? Uh, uh, well, there's a, let's see, we have, so there's this, I mean, I know a lot of, you know, kids that come to the fests are into skateboarding and we have this really great place called the gathering place that just opened. It's like a, it's a public park, but they, they built one of the best skate parks like I've ever seen. Uh, it's incredible, a huge sprawling area. So like, you know, anybody that's into that have a place to skate, uh, the downtown, like food scene in Tulsa is great. There's, um, options for everybody. There's a spot called Chimera. That's a great vegan place. Uh, also a great coffee shop. Um, if you like Mexican food, uh, uh, there's a place called tacos, Don Francisco's that is like the most ridiculous Mexican food I've ever eaten in my life. It's so good. <laughs> What's your um, uh, go-to item on the menu there? Oh, uh, carne asada burrito. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that does sound very spicy and good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so good. Um, I, I don't know what, I don't know how they cook their food, but it's perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, just, I mean, it's, you know, like the time of year that we do it, like uh, around May, it's beautiful weather here. Like it's not too hot. Uh, you might get a little rain, but that's about it. Like it's, it's just a cool city. Tulsa is a rad place to be. Yeah. So, um, so 
to go back to, you know, Sonny coming in and, you know, filming those sets for 2019 and, and would have been coming for 2020. Um, something that I noticed being on the outside of that, um, and, and, you know, spoiler t- alert, uh, Sonny is actually coming on the podcast. Um, oh, nice. So we talked about, um, kind of that triple weekend where he did wild rose and then he did the rumble in Chicago and then he came there. Yeah. But I, I was talking to him about how I noticed that all of the prom course sets came out kind of like way earlier than a lot of the other stuff. And I think either at the time or on the podcast, I'm not, you know, my, my brain is doing loops, but he was just talking about a lot of the, the scene in Oklahoma kind of rallied together and like, okay, we're all going to get the Patreons. We're all going to vote for each other's sets. And I thought that was very cool. So can you just tell me that aspect from your uh, perspective as well, just like the strategy yeah. there? Yeah, I mean, whenever whenever I announced that he was coming out, people like lost their mind because, you know, I mean, he's kind of, he, he is who he is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so people people get excited. I, I, I almost, I announced him coming out like I would have announced like one of the bands playing. It was like that kind of, the reaction was great. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just pressed it on the, you know, the, the uh the event page and everything i made sure to tell all the bands i was just like you know let's everybody sign up for you know his patreon and like even if it's just two bucks and that way we can everybody can vote for these videos and so i just made a point to um you know make that make that part of it to where uh you know tulsa had like a huge like hand in when those videos came out you know Anytime he posted like a preview of one of them on Instagram or something like that, I was like, you know, you know, sharing that and stuff and just reminding everybody, even after the fest was done to, you know, continue to like, you know, support him and support what he's doing. So that way more eyes get on it. And then I think it becomes an easier thing for us to book bands, you know, whenever it's time to, to, to have the fest again. So uh, having him out was a blast. It was crazy because we, we do like, um, you know, the, the thing with prom core that always happened. And like, so I decided to bring it back and we brought it back because we have two stages. We do like a big stage and then like a floor stage. Yeah. And so, I mean, and both days there's 15 bands, you know, playing. And so, I mean, he's on stage filming and then stepping off the stage and it's two minutes later filming the next band and the dude's a machine. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't see him eat either day that he was here. I didn't see him go to the bathroom. Like it was, it was crazy to watch. Um, you know, I offered and I offered to get him like a crew too. I was like, I can get some people to like help you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was, he was like, no, I got it under control. And he just, he just loves doing it. And it's cool to see that he puts so much, you know, time and effort into every band, uh, you know, not just the headliners, but the band that opened got the same amount of, of push. So. Right. Was- and yeah, I think that that was something that I guess, you know, son- I had learned from, from Sonny as far as like showing up at the show and filming all of the bands, regardless of, you know, if, you know, if it's a noise band or whatever, I think that like, I've been on the receiving end of that where someone's taking photos of a band that's played after mine. And then I'm like, Oh, like, did you get photos of us too? Like just out of curiosity. And they're like, Oh, just, just this band. And so that's always felt like disingenuous. So I think a true archivist is like, uh, it's a very weird hobby to be obsessed with because like, it doesn't make sense to be like, you know, in, it's not like taught to you. Like, like a lot of people will say, watch all the bands, support all the bands. But a lot of people are like, nah, I'm not into this. I'm going to go take a piss or I'm going to go do a smoke. Like people still need to have fun, but uh, it's a very like 
punishing job, especially for something where it's like no bathroom breaks or, or food breaks. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, like both, both days of the fest afterwards, like he, when he had finally had a moment to, you know, decompress, you could tell, he, you could tell he's exhausted. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We, we talked fast. about just like the adrenaline that runs through his body that kind of overpowers a lot of those, um, human, um, health related things. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I, I also did want to ask you just being a festival promoter, um, you know, growing up, I saw a lot of festivals, you know, in the mid 2010s do like the whole, like, here's an application that you fill out and all this. And that's kind of like gone out the window now. So yeah. I wanted, you know, for any like up and coming band who's like maybe wants to play prom core or another regional fest around the world when shows do come back, um, what do you think is like a good you know, way of presenting your band versus like, here's this super long email and all this stuff is like cringy and I don't need to know this. Talk to yeah, me about yeah. that. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm nobody. Like, so I don't, I don't feel like it's my place to judge like anybody's, you know, like presentation. Uh, I like it when bands just message and they're like, Hey, like we'd be interested in playing. And I'm like, cool, like send your, send your music and let me check it out. You know, and if I dig it, like, then that's cool. And I mean, there were, there's been bands that have messaged me and I thought they were awesome, but I just didn't have the space because, you know, it is a, a finite amount of time. Um, try to accommodate like as much as possible. And I just, I really want to have like a super diverse, like uh, group of bands, you know what I mean? So that's another thing that I really like about how we do it is that I don't, that there's not like a, there's not a, uh, a lot of overlap and sounds from one band to the next everybody kind of has something that's that's really unique so I mean I guess just being being interesting and being like a unique sounding band probably helps um yeah. you know I mean if you're I mean if if you have like a good following and you want to play like I'm probably gonna say yes you know what I mean and we have like 40 bands on the fest so there's plenty of space you know like for the most part so yeah um, I I think it's it's always a combination of like timing and luck and you know checking yourself not to expect the yes because a lot of yeah. people like think oh we are this hype band and then they message and then they get the no and they're like crushed because they had put such value in like in ne we need to play this year because x it's going to be huge for us like i think if you just put yourself out there enough eventually someone will say yes and then that will start start the snowball effect yeah, totally. And I, I think I've, I've told people too that have messaged, you know, they're like, oh, the fest looks great. Like, you know, we'd love to play it. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, if I wish I had space. Um, but, you know, definitely come out and support what we're doing because it's yeah. a it's a charity event. And I think that would go a long way with me too. Like if you showed up, like, and you were in a band, maybe you weren't playing, but like you, you came and actually like showed support to what it is. Like, I'll, I'll remember that. I mean, I have a log of everybody that, that has played or you know, wants to play. So I'm constantly keeping an eye on it. And um, yeah. uh, I try to do a lot of like, so the in 2020, we basically had the entire Colorado hardcore scene coming out to play the fest too, which right. was, and, and same with like with Minneapolis, you know, I was trying to pull all the bands from those places because I was like, well, if everybody comes to play, then everybody that's there will come to the fest as well. You know, and so it's being from a place where there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on would probably be, you know, helpful as well. But I mean, really, like, if I think your band's cool, like, I'll, I'll put you on, like, it's not, you know, I, there's no, there's no ego in any of it or anything. So. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's a great point that you brought up is like, if, 
if there's not space, don't just be like, oh, we'll shoot him a DM in nine months to a year. Like, go to the fest and shake some hands and just yeah. don't be like a slimy dude and try to only talk to Aaron like for the entire weekend because I'm sure you're running around and trying to do things. But like, I don't, yeah, I don't think anybody would even know, you know, now that you're, I'm on the podcast, I don't think anybody would even know who I was walking <laughs> around at the show because I don't, I'm not, I'm not super, you know, <laughs> up front or doing anything except like laying back and making sure everything's running smooth. So, right. Yeah. No, but I think it like, um, I hope Devin is okay with me bringing this up, but I know that, you know, he with rejection pact had messaged to play wild rose uh, a couple of times, but you know, it, it never, you know, it was always, Oh, there's too much room or whatever. And, yeah. uh, and then he was like, okay, we're just going to go tour up and play Western Canada. And then he was actually like, Hey, I'm Devin. I play in this band. And then, yeah. and then they played wild rose just, just a year later. So I think that's a, that's a great way of like, if there's a fest that you really want to play, just go and tour there and just play a show six months before, after whatever it is, you know, yeah. make those actual relationships with people versus like, Hey, I'm that band that's always DMing you and annoying you and being yeah. someone that you actually want to spend time with and, and book. Yeah. There was a, there was a band from uh, Colorado called wide man that uh, yeah. came, through, uh, came through. So they hit me up to play at mass movement and um, I, was like yeah like i'll 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 take the show for you and then just you know it was one of those weird like situations where there were no locals available <laughs> like i couldn't find anybody to to put them to put on the show with them like to make it a hardcore show and so i ended up booking like a hip-hop guy with them and like a like an alternative band it was like it was you know a, probably a nightmare for them but they came out and played to the six people that showed up for the show and and they and they fucking killed it and they rocked and i was like dude i would love to have you guys back for the fest and have you have an actual like good experience like being in Tulsa you know what I mean it was just they were so I mean they're a great band first of all like great great band um but just their attitude through that whole experience of like it was kind of a bunk show you know what I mean and they were just so grateful to have a place to play even if it was for six people and so I was like all right I'm gonna I want to bring you back out for the fest and put you on in front of you know a, a full room so yeah I think like you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the themes that will be when shows do come back. And I think gratitude, I hope, is just uh, a common theme, just like the people actually being grateful to be at a, a show with 50 people, people just being grateful that they get to hear a breakdown that they can throw down yeah. to versus like, man, this band is whatever and arms crossed. So and I think I think I think when shows come back, it's going to be crazy. Like that. That's just my personal like thought on it at least uh, it, especially like a place around here you know i think shows are so important to like a small city and kind of scene like we have um because you know, everybody gets busy with life but you get that one day you know out of the week where you get to be around your friends and stuff and just kind of let loose and i think everybody's really missing that so yeah everyone's been stuck at home so like even when that is, it's okay to go out and people got, you know, vaccines flowing through their veins or whatever. They're going to be like, I've been at home for like a year and a half. Like I want to go to the hardcore show and just see my friends and just see some live music. I'm, I'm in withdrawal of that. I remember when Laramie came on, it was just, we were talking about that in length. So I feel like that's a great transition into mass movements. Um, so just as of late, um, kind of through this quarantine, um, you've been doing a lot of like pre-recorded live streams, 
um, with yeah. a number of bands from Oklahoma, but also in the surrounding states as well. So give me context about like, was, was that just an idea that was in the back of your head, even when shows were a thing, or was it like out of like being, feeling the pressure of like, we have to do something and that came yeah. to light. Uh, yeah, a little both. I mean, I've always filmed shows in, in Tulsa, uh, just even back like way back in the day, I had like a little height camcorder. I just used to film all the shows. Okay. And so whenever COVID happened, I don't know, I think we all thought that it was probably just going to, you know, kind of blow over pretty quickly, you know? And so when we shut down the venue in March, uh, because of COVID, we did like a, you know, a donation based fundraiser thing, uh, where people could just, you know, donate to help keep the venue open. And I was like, for every hundred dollars that we raise, I'll throw a free show. And we raised like way more money than I thought. And so I was like, oh shit, now, to, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna have to do these free shows like for the next like two years. Um, but uh how much money you know, did you raise? Um, God, I wanna say that I mean the steam kicked in probably like thirty five hundred bucks, wow. you know. So yeah, I mean it was it was a substantial now, which you know, I mean it, it allowed us to pay rent basically for four months um on the space. And uh you know, but then it just kept going and going. And I was like, well, I was like, do we ask again? And my partners and I, we were like, eh, it seems kind of like, that seems kind of annoying to like ask for another like help. You know what I mean? Right. And so I was like, well, what if we started doing live streams? And then we were like, yeah, that could be cool. Like we got bands. And then we tried to get internet in the space. And it was like two, it was like $200 a month for internet fast enough to be able to and I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense because right. we're already we're already bleeding money. Uh, so, yeah, we just decided to uh, start doing these pre-recorded sets. And so luckily I have like camera equipment and have a general knowledge of how to, you know, edit. And uh, uh, Jacob, our other owner, uh, he's an engineer like he that's or you know, audio engineer. That's what he does. And so he is able to record and mix and master the sets and they sound incredible. And so. Yeah, we just started pumping them out. Like I booked like as many bands as I could for like two months straight and just, just hammering out sets like every weekend until we got kind of a good catalog put together. Yeah, and so we've just been putting them out uh, bi-weekly um, and uh, they're usually anywhere from five to $8 for the stream. And you can you can just, uh, you know, we didn't set up a website because a paywall we thought was gonna, it'd probably end up costing money. Yeah. So we just basically have people cash app or Venmo or PayPal us the money. And they just attach their email address to it. And I just send them the, the set and they get it for 48 hours and then it goes away. And then we'll end up giving the, we'll give the bands the, the, uh, you know, the video file like a month after the set so they can right. do whatever they want. With it, so, yeah, I think, um, uh, I knew that those sets expired, uh, after, uh, those, that 48 hours, but then I, yeah. When I was prepping for the podcast, I was like, oh, Fist of Fury set is on YouTube. And then I was watching that. So that makes sense that, you know, obviously the band has, especially, if, uh, you know, you've had some bands from Texas and some other yeah. states. So it's like, yeah, you want to have something for them to, it's not like, all right, thanks. And then, yeah. you know, giving that back to them is important too. Sure. Yeah. Well, and our, you know, our plan is we, we split the money. So whatever we bring in, we offer, you know, we're like, hey, we'll split it 50 50 between the venue and the band and the majority of the bands are like, it's fine. Just, you know, keep the venue open. So, which is really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not just for Oklahoma. It's for the places, for the bands that want to go there and play those, uh, those shows there too. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's the only, 
it's the only like small all ages venue in Tulsa. Like the Vanguard where we have uh prom court is, you know, an all ages spot, but it's like, a, they've kind of started really reserving it for big shows. You know what I mean? Like even before COVID, they were starting to kind of phase. they used to do four shows, but they were phasing that out a bit to where they were really only having stuff that could happen on the stage. And so it's like a, you know, 600 cap room. And so, you know, they got to have a pretty good amount of people for it to make sense. So yeah. for us, you know, we can have shows in our space because, you know, it's probably a hundred cap. And if 25 people are there, it still feels pretty nice. So. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is worse than going to a show that is for this many people and this many yeah. people show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been in those situations where it's like, okay, I see people all the way in the back and then one dude at the front versus like you're in a tight space and you, even if you're standing yeah. in the back of the room, you're still like, you know, you know, six yeah. feet apart or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, um, is there any, uh, you know, live streams that are coming up? Uh, there's, there's one that launched, uh, today, a band called direct measure from, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, really awesome hardcore band. Um, so it's up now. The next one is a band called Mangala from, uh, Texas. They're from a couple different cities in Texas, like a metalcore band. Really cool. Uh, and then, uh, so that one will be like February, maybe 5th, actually, I think is the oh, release okay. for that. Um, and then the one after that is a band called Mind's Eye from uh, Colorado. Hell yeah. Love, love yeah. that band, honestly. That band. And then uh, I play guitar in a band called Tell Lies, and we recorded one. It'll be the one after that. And then um, and then that's about it right now. I'm just kind of waiting on the baby to get here, and then I'll you know start filming again. Um, but, I mean, like, it's one of those situations, too, where, like, if you know, if you follow Promcore and you shoot us a message and you're like, Hey, I didn't get a chance to see the Fist of Fury set or whatever. Like, you know, I'll work something out. Like, it's not like, uh, you know, it, it, if people want to see the stuff, like we'll figure out a way for yeah, them. To get the it's not deleted off the hard drive. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about some of the past ones for the people listening who are like, Oh, I, I do actually would love to see a set of that band. Yeah. So we filmed, uh, you're wearing the shirt. We filmed the Omen record release, uh, set. That was, that was the first one that we did. Um, it was fucking great. Uh, that new record of theirs is so heavy. Oh, insane. Uh, yeah. Yeah. More people uh, need to listen to that band. If you're into yeah. that, like heavy metallic hardcore yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 And I mean, they're, they're so good. It's so cool that they're from here. Uh, yeah, so we did them. We did like a punk band from Dallas called the Kinky Bastards. Um, mm -hmm. Just like kind of a really cool, like, I don't even know how to describe them. They're definitely a punk band, but they kind of have some weird, like, honky tonk stuff that they do. <laughs> okay. It's a very, it's a very fun visual experience with them. Uh, Ballista from Texas, who was going to play Wild Rose Fest, like they had a set that we did. Um, uh, Fists of Fury and One in the Chamber, those two bands share some members and they're from Texas as well. Uh, you know, so their sets were really great. So these are all ones that are available. There's a band from here in Oklahoma City called The Tooth. I think I sent you that link. Um, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, they are. They are a, a, one of the, I think one, one of the best bands of heavy music doing it. And it's not yeah, like the a, audio from that set. I was like blown away, like, you yeah. know, because it's always like hearing a set like of, you know, that's been in the studio, but then hearing that same song in a live setting that's been professionally done for like one of Sonny's This Is Hardcore videos or LDB Fest, I'm just like blown away. So yeah. Yeah, Shout our, out to the our, yeah our guy Jacob who mixes and masters this stuff, he knows what he's doing. He makes them sound 
he makes them sound so good. So yeah, uh, yeah. So there's there's those, and then we got the ones coming up. So I mean, if you're interested in you know checking them out, just shoot us a message, and we'll figure out a way to make it happen. So yeah. So maybe just you know to kind of finish off that point, like you know, like there's been a number of people doing live like live streams. Uh, yeah. You know, Sunny is uh, is doing a number of those, and those are full on live. And I know that he did a poll where he was like, "Do you care if the if a if a set is." full on live or if it's like pre-recorded and there's like a chat that's premiered and things like that. And it was like a 50, 50 split. So like largely people don't really care. They're just yeah. happy that there's some, you know, form of hardcore content, especially for bands that put out new music. You want to see, you know, how they do those songs live in anticipation to see them full on live. So talk to me just like how much, you know, $5 here you know, $7 here actually goes towards that because a lot of people get in their mind of like, oh, like it's, you know, how little my little contribution can actually make change for that. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, uh, all, all the money from these streams are just going to keep, to keep the venue open. Um, you know, because I think it's an important part of what we have going on here. It not, not only for Tulsa, like you said, but for <clears throat> bands from all over that have a place to come through, you know what I mean? Like if it's, if, if you're going from, you know, East coast to West coast, like you got to get there somehow. And so if there's not a spot to play, like it kind of disrupts the whole, you know, blood flow of the way that, you know, touring works. Um, so yeah, I mean, all, all, all the money goes to that. I mean, every little bit helps. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're trying to provide something. So we're not just asking for money, we're actually, you know, you know, providing something that's worth, uh, you know, taking a look at. And even if you're not into the bands and you just want to help like a DIY spot, like it's still, you know, five bucks is like a, a, a good a good contribution to have for that so um yeah i mean i think it's uh i think it's a super important thing that we're trying to keep alive here i don't want to we don't want to see the venue go under um you know it's yeah <laughs> yeah i i'm there's multiple moments and conversations on this podcast where i think about listening to it in six months time a year's time and i really encourage anyone listening or watching to go and support the mass movements prom core all the, all those endeavors because i hope that when shows, shows do come back you know we can look back on this conversation and and be like really happy that things came to a, a better conclusion than a, a worse yeah. one because like you said like if it's the last line in the in the chain as far as like going from east to west or west to east no one says west to east. I just realized I'm saying that. Like, yeah. That sounds so weird. Um, but yeah, as soon as that chain breaks, then, you know, there's there's a huge gap as far as like, you know, a lot of spots in Canada don't get toured because like a lot of people will think a, a reputation of a city as far as a chain, it's not worth it. So you need to build up reputation and and have those uh, just options for people who are booking these shows. So it's yeah. crucial. It's crucial. Um so Aaron, we can kind of start to wrap up the podcast here. Uh, this has been a really good, um, you know, chat um, with with everything that you're doing. I've I've been able to see Promcore kind of from afar, and I've always I've a realization that I've had through this whole time is like, even if there's certain fests that I'm not filming, I need to just go more and just hang out with more people, especially just now, just having the withdrawal of it. So uh, prom core is definitely one of those that I want to hit up when, when it's safe to do so. Um, and I think, I think we'd, we'd love to have you guys come out and film too. I mean, yeah. there's, yeah, there's no, there's no, I don't know. Like I, there's, like I said, there's plenty of, 
plenty of bands that play. So <laughs> you know, and it all just kind of depends on who's available to do stuff. You know what I mean? I yeah. just want to kind of build those relationships and and get as much exposure to people as as possible. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like I was trying to say, the last section of the podcast uh, that I always ask every guest is a favorite mosh story that they would like to share. Um, I don't know if you've been prepping for this, but I'm sure with the amount of shenanigans that goes down yeah. in, in PromCore, I'm sure you, you have a couple. So uh, if, if you want to share more than one, you are more than welcome to. Yeah, so I, I was thinking about it. I've never been, I've never really been much of a, of a mosher. Like, I don't know, I just have like, um, I don't, I don't like getting smacked around. Like it's not something that I find to be, to be fun. I like to watch it, but, um, so there, there's like a, there's like a legendary show in like Tulsa hardcore, like history where, um, uh, Bane and comeback kid and God, who else, uh, with honor, we're all doing a tour like thousand five, six, something like that. And they, uh, my buddy Ryan booked it and it was at this big venue, probably like a 600 cap venue because back at the time it was like, you know, that's the amount of people that were coming out to these big shows. And so we have the show and all the locals that are on it play. And it was one of those things where you got like four local bands, you know, it was just like one of those shows where there were so many bands, but, uh, so the local bands play and the kids are getting rowdy. There's a bunch of people from out of state. Um, and, Something happens during one of the local band sets and the security at the venue that we're having it at, they they get uh, aggravated and they end up uh, like macing people there and they shut the show down. And um, and, we, and it was before any of the touring bands played. And so we were like, fuck, this sucks. Like and so but we had this place in Tulsa called the Pink Eye and it was just the shittiest like 150 cap all ages venue that the bands just we all used to practice there. I mean, it was like, it was a, it, it's called the pink eye and you probably could have caught pink eye from being, <laughs> it was fucking disgusting. And so, but we called the owner, Matt, and we were like, Hey, the show got shut down. Can we move it over there? And he was like, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. And so, but he doesn't, he wasn't a hardcore kid. Like he didn't really understand like the size of the show. I see. And so, Okay. So we told like all 500 people, okay, go to the pink eye and whoever gets there first can come inside. And so they all, all 500 people show up to this like 150 cap space and, and everybody, everybody went in right. and it was just bonkers. Like you couldn't hardly, move. there were so many people. And so there was a band that was on the tour called X looking forward X. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they were like I a straight edge so. from uh, Baltimore and they were on. Sorry, did you say a vegan straight edge band? No, just a no, oh, just, just a straight, straight edge. edge. No V, yeah. just X's. Okay. Oh, I don't they, they might have been vegan. I don't know. But um anyway, they were so they were label mates with a, a band that I was in at the time. And so we had played with them a few yeah. times. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm so stoked to see my friends. And so, like I said, I don't mosh, but they're my homies. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna get out there. And so I'm like standing in the back and watching them. They're playing this one song called All Aces that I just love. And I'm like running around singing along and I'm like, I'm gonna mosh. And I like go to mosh, and this dude from out of town, I've never seen this kid before in my life, just comes across you know and he's doing one of these things and just he just smokes me in the face so hard that like i saw stars and i dropped and <laughs> he like stood over me and he was like what's up bitch and i was like i don't know man like, <laughs> i'm not i'm not here for any of this and so that was the last time that i've moshed <laughs> so Dang. it like it put me in the mosh retirement it was just that one incident of getting getting smacked it was yeah. enough for me yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not into him just being like, "Yo, what's up?" It's like, dude, you it hit was me. Really, 
it was really weird. I think that there was a lot of that back in that time too, of like just tough guy bullshit. But yeah. um yeah, I can actually I'll I'll send you the link to that show because I filmed oh, it perfect. I filmed it on that high eight camera. So yeah, it was uh Bane and Comeback Kid in this teeny tiny little room and it's just it's stupid. Like it was it was so dangerous. Like I we could have died. So Yeah, yeah. I I personally love, you know with the age of social distancing, I think at the beginning it was like anytime you would watch a TV show and people are like gathered together, you're just getting triggered of like, yeah. you're not doing that. But like I am itching, you know, once it's safe to do so just to be in a room that's like yeah. overcrowded and just people going crazy. Um, and I also love Mosh stories with video sets to yeah. back it up. So that's very, very cool. I'm very excited to see that. Um, well, Aaron, this has been a blast. Is there any, uh, final plugs, uh, places you want to send people to the website? Uh, uh yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. Nope. Yeah. Just, um, if you're, yeah, if you're interested in checking out the live streams, you can just follow Promcore on Instagram or, uh, Promcore on Twitter. Uh, that's where we post most of the stuff and, uh, you know, you'll be able to kind of get access through there, see the flyers that we're putting up for the bands. And so anything that you can contribute to help or just want to, you know, see some cool some cool sets like this would uh that would be the way to do it yeah and all the information will be in the show notes below uh description of the video uh aaron um you know it's it's been a great chat like i've said and i'm always for trying to give a little bit of exposure and highlight to places uh around the country that don't have that like hardcore clout as corny as that sounds so you know you're doing great things keep it up and uh thanks for coming on the podcast this has been really fun yeah, yeah.